once you've said hello to someone, you may find a place and be seated. Good to see you today. Amen. If you're new here at New Life Fellowship and you're wanting to know a little bit more about the house and our vision and what our passion is, amen, and serving our community, you can find out more about that by getting connected here and joining a small group. That's one way. Amen. Thank goodness that small groups are beginning their new semester this next week. But uh, also, Discover New Life starts at 9 a.m. next Sunday morning. Amen. Discover New Life. There'll be some vision casting, some very good dialogue and conversation about what the vision looks like and where we're going as a house at New Life Fellowship. This, this Discover New Life will be an ongoing class that we'll be doing every Sunday amen until further notice man that we need to do this because new people want to know more about why they feel the presence of God on the level they feel it they sense a need to be more connected more involved amen it's it's time to follow him if you haven't followed Jesus and if you've been following him for quite some time he wants you to know amen there's a level of becoming one with him that everybody's invited to get on board with him in anybody want to be one with him Amen. Being one with him, the evidence is goodness and mercy follows you all the days of your life. And everything you put your hands to is really him putting his hands to it. Amen. And good things always happen when his hands are on it. Amen. So, part six of the message, Credible Witnesses. Amen. The kingdom of God has arrived. What now? right the kingdom of God has arrived the question is what now amen glad you asked that's what we're going to talk about today and um, uh, there is a kingdom response for every situation for every storm every trial every trouble every pain that brings with it joy amen if you're going through something and you haven't yet learned how to get through it and receive the joy that comes out of it, amen, God wants you to know that everything happens for a reason. I'm going to read this to you in Acts 17, 26 out of the Passion Translation. For one man, Adam, from one man, Adam, he made every man and every woman and every race of humanity, and he spread us over all the earth he set the boundaries of people and nations determining their appointed times in history he has done this so that every person every person would long for God feel their way to him and find him for he is a God who is easy to discover it is through him that we live and function and have our identity. Just as your own poets have said, our lineage comes from him. We live, we function, we have our identity, and the common denominator is the presence of God. The presence of God. In his presence, there is fullness of joy amen and so 
we're developing in our Holy Spirit walk, our Holy Spirit agreement. Amen. We're developing in a place where we can say at any given time of any part of the day, yes, Lord, and know that regardless of what it looks like, it may have teeth in it, it may look like trouble, it may look scary, but yes, Lord. We know that on the other side of it, as Sean said, amen, favor looks like getting in the boat. Favor looks like when the storm is about to throw you out of the boat, you just hang out with Jesus while he's sleeping. And he'll even work with it if you're screaming at him. Amen. He, he loves us. Amen. Somebody said, like my honey. I question myself regularly. Am I hosting the presence of Jesus on a level that I can rejoice in all things? And you know, that's a good question to ask yourself ongoingly. Amen. As you move through life and God begins to use you in the identity he placed upon you and you begin to rele you know, release all control to him. Uh, have I released all control? I, I'm working on that. There's times that I, I pause and, and, I, and I, you know, think for a moment, I got this, Lord. You can take a break. I, I'll let you know if I need you. I know that y'all don't believe I would do that. But sometimes I look in the mirror and deal with the fact that, man, when does it stop? The challenges, the red lights, the circumstances, the situations that cause you to, as Tony said today, get in the way and he's okay with that it's not that he, he's bothered by that he knows it's going to work out something good it'll get us back on course amen on that straight and narrow path and so whatever it is that you're still looking at that's happened yesterday maybe it was a decade ago two decades ago oh, time whatever day it was maybe it was yesterday that's not holding us captive unless we allow it to. Amen. So I ask the question every day, at what level of joy am I presently walking in today? And can I achieve this joy by working hard for God? And the answer is no. You can't walk in the joy of the Lord working for him. Pastor, faith without works is dead absolutely i agree with that but when we get to a place where we're letting faith do the work through us to the point that we can't take any as long as you can take credit for something faith didn't do the work is that helping you At the end of this thing we all supposed to agree together look what the lord has done right and so at what, at what level of joy am I walking? And, and is God requiring me to live up to an idea of work that's going to please him? This joy that we're designed to carry in our hearts and in our minds is only evident when Jesus and his mission is more important than anything else to us. Jesus and his mission. You see, working for and hard for him does never accomplish his mission. 
Amen. So, it's not possible, this is important for Christianity to catch today as we move into this question today, the kingdom of God has arrived, now what? What's next? It's not possible for us to walk in this fullness of joy while attempting to please anyone on this planet. I need you to really pay attention to what was just said just then. This is so important so that you can catch what's next. It's not possible for you to be on mission for God and please anybody on this planet. You see, the only one we can please and be effective while on mission is Jesus. But you can't please him now if you're not serving others. This is where it gets a little like the leaven gets in. Because many of us have often thought that serving others meant to please them. That for me to serve you well, I need to work hard at making you happy. Has anybody ever done that before? And you don't want to fall prey to that manipulation in the spirit. I'm talking about the devil's spirit. Because the enemy knows how to add just a little leaven to leaven the whole lump. God has a plan for you to be effective on his behalf. It's called, amen, the kingdom of God has arrived and now he's ready to serve a lost and hurt world to bring them out of darkness into marvelous light. And sometimes the best way to serve me is for someone to love me enough to rebuke me. That's a bad word in our culture right now. Because again, our culture is eat up with this idea that they can correct anyone, but they can't be corrected. It's our society. Our culture is like, man, you know, we're, we're supposed to fix it all, but I'm okay. You're not okay. I'm intelligent. You're ignorant. So you need to listen to me so you can have a better day. Ladies and gentlemen, serving a man in the kingdom of God requires that for me to become a man who God says I am, I need a healthy confrontation in my life ongoingly that challenges me to stand up and when I don't know what else to do stand there for amen I need Jesus in his presence there is fullness of joy amen and so the, the, the potential that you and I have walking in the spirit is our reliance on the spirit to take lead amen and be demonstrated and with a wonderful message called the message of the kingdom come taste and see that the Lord is good amen and that revelation brings reproof rebuke with all long-suffering and doctrine and I just just throw out a bunch of Christianese words to you just then but the reality of it is I need to I need to be correcting my attitude 
Amen. I'm on a wonderful journey. My direction needs to be corrected. My attitude needs to be corrected. My way of thinking needs to be corrected. So a life of repentance, changing the way I think, is an ongoing thing that moves me into greater joy. Amen. I can tell you of points in my life where I received joy, amen, in the presence of God. But I received joy in the presence of God because I was coming out of something that was really turbulent in my life. And he met me there, gave me experience, and brought me up above it. And the joy of the Lord came with that. Then another storm came that was kind of worse than that storm. And then the, the Lord met me there. And in that storm, he brought me out of it. And I got another level of joy. Is anybody following this yet? And then you had another challenge, and then another challenge. And each challenge, and each time that, amen, I felt like sucking my thumb. Every, every time my bottom lip dropped to the point that I was tripping over it because I was pouting, the Lord was okay because he knew that in that circumstance, in that trial of my life, he would meet me there and give me an experience of a new level of joy that would bring me into more identity in him. Amen. The kingdom of heaven has arrived. What now? So the disciples are seeing Jesus go and pray early in the morning, and they're moved by the fact that every time he goes, he gets up a great while before daybreak. I'm talking to some of you not morning people. I used, to, I used to let that condemn me because I didn't get early up. Early. I felt like, well, you get up at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, Dad, I don't want to get up that early. And I'm kind of a morning person. But it, it's, that's not the point. He's reaching for us, and he's showing us something. That when it's time for you to get up that early, you have an experience with him that fuels you getting up. And it's like, I can't wait to get there even when you're not a morning person. Is he mad at you if you don't get up early? No, he loves you just as much as he likes the one that gets up early. Point is, we're all on a journey, going to new levels of joy in the Spirit because he has an objective to reveal something that can't be revealed until we can rejoice regardless of the storm, regardless of the pressure, regardless of the circumstances in our life. What level of joy are you operating in? So they asked, the Lord said, teach us to pray. And, and, and Jesus responds to their question and says, now when you pray, pray this way. We call it the Lord's Prayer. It's not the Lord's Prayer. It's the Lord showing us, amen, how to fellowship with Daddy. He's letting his, he's letting his followers know this is what the expectation is if you're going to come into fellowship with your Heavenly Father. Respect the fact that his name is above every name. His character's already settled, and he gave that character to you. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. You come to him acknowledging the fact that there's none higher than him. There's no nature higher than him. There's no character like him. Amen. And he gave that to you. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Well, what does that look like? The kingdom, the message of the kingdom is in this prayer that he's teaching his boys to have fellowship with. It's right there. What's the kingdom? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. 
Your kingdom come. Your will be done. It's his will that he lives in his house, in his kingdom. And so you're baptized in spirit and fire. Kingdom of God has come. It's arrived. And once you're filled with his spirit and fire, what now? Give us this day our daily bread. What does that mean? Now you become the mouthpiece of God. He is the bread that came down from heaven. He sent his word and he healed them. Now when you speak out of the spirit of God, you're saying the same thing that the spirit's saying. You need a fresh word from heaven today? The Lord wants to meet you right where you are in your storm. And while you're screaming at him, he'll show you peace be still while you're frustrated he don't take away from his love his passion his purpose amen he's all in thick and thin he is after you you're the apple of his eye he'll take you just as you are all upset sucking your thumb mad screaming at him saying the things you shouldn't be saying bring it on peace be still why He's got a plan, and he can't fulfill his plan without his princess, without his son, without his children, without his bride. And when you get to that place, what now? You're stepping, every step becomes so established. Ah, forgive us, Lord, even as we, all of a sudden then, the, de- the, the message of the kingdom of mercy being a peacemaker, seeing Jesus in everything, rejoicing when it's up and when it's down. Amen. The joy of the Lord is our strength. What's happening at that point? Huh. Lead us not into temptation, deliver us. He's taking you right through the things that you fear the most, all the doubt, all the, uh, all the, 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 the unbelief, every lie that the enemy's told you. Amen. He's bringing you into truth so that his glory and his honor and his power will be forever. And he's doing it through us. So at what level of joy are you operating in today? And if, and if you're saying, well, Pastor, right now, I, I feel like giving up. God loves meeting us where we want to quit. He loves meeting us at a place where we just had enough. Because there, he can do the mighty work that he's always wanted to do in our life. Amen. To take us to another level. And so you can't please people. The, the fact that we can please anybody is the most deceptive method of trying to serve anyone in our life. Trying to please someone is the worst method of service you can adopt, amen, as a son and daughter of the kingdom. So I would encourage you today to consider the fact that maybe a lot of the pain that you're enduring right now is because you're working overtime trying to please someone because you're afraid the relationship's going to dissolve. Pastor Lowy, how'd you want it? I thought that was supposed to be at the end of the message, and we get all broke up. And we got we got to start out heavy tonight because right now the kingdom of God has arrived. Right? What are we going to do about it? We're not going to continue to walk down the same road that the enemy has manipulated us to walk down because it's not going to help anybody. When we think we're serving them, instead we're trying to please them. Amen. I know if you've been, if you got an ear to hear what the Spirit's saying, 
amen, that to be a man pleaser, you can't be a pleaser of God. Anyone that tries to please humanity, they have to reject him to do that. Is that tracking? I went ahead and said it really blunt just then. That if, if I get involved in trying to make you happy, in order to make Dathan happy, I've got to reject Jesus in the process. This is important that we catch this today. What now? But to really serve my son correctly is to be in a position with him that he's given me permission, amen, to serve him as unto the Lord. Oh, all of a sudden now, Lord, how do you want me to serve your son? I'm a biological father, but that's my daddy's boy. That's what we got to catch, y'all. You parents, remember, you're parenting some children that belongs to your daddy. They're his heritage. At what level of joy are you operating right now? Does the children kind of get on your nerves? Are you looking for someone to babysit them because you need a break today? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You see how the enemy can get us off point? And the thing that we're supposed to be passionate about, we have no passion for at all. Because our culture around us has got into our heart, as Tony said. And it blocks us, amen, from the focus and the clarity of the Spirit. I'm going to get through here in the next 20 minutes, I promise. So how do I achieve this joy that assists me in pleasing Jesus and serving others? The joy that helps me to please Jesus while serving others. How do I get there? In Acts 16, if you read the story, if you get a chance to, I'm just going to paraphrase it today. Amen. Day after day, this young slave girl is following Paul and Silas as they deliver the message of the kingdom. And this young slave girl, amen, has a spirit of divination called fortune-telling. And she is making her owners much money with her fortune-telling. But she's following Paul and Silas, and she recognizes that these are men of the most high God, we need to hear what they're saying. <clears throat> but because the city knows what she's doing and sees, knows about her and what, she's, what she does with the city, the whole city is under that spell. And Paul and Silas, they are bothered by what's going on because it's causing confusion. And after day after day, Paul has to measure this thing because, you know, <laughs> um, I see trouble coming. And I've had enough, though. I'm not here to please the owners of this girl. I'm not here to please this city. I'm here to please God. And Paul cast that spirit out of that young slave girl. And when he did, pleasing God... He caused something to happen 
which was going to teach him how to have another level of joy. Some of y'all are catching it. When we go with Jesus, it's going to look like, man, I don't know, it's going to be kind of painful here. But what you're going to get in return can't be compared with the glory that he's about to reveal. And so they take Paul and Silas and they give them a good beating because their owners of this slave girl lost their fortunes. They had they, they'd come to grips with them. Do you know how much money we would have made? Well, I know we made a bunch of money. We got a big bank account. But we would have made more money. And they beat Paul and Silas, put them in jail in stocks and bonds. Now, some of you are saying, I don't know, I don't know if I want to please Jesus on that level yet. Well, that's a good, that's a good point. I understand what you're saying. I have a mind too that's logical. And my my plan of action lens that I work through, I'm trying to evade those kind of situations. But reality of it is, at what level of joy do you want to walk? I'm going to read you this. I read it the last few weeks, and it's important to read. Um, Matthew 5 and 1. Pastor Lowe, this is the third time. Why? Because this is the most important message there is. And we want to get to a place where we understand what it is that God is wanting to demonstrate through us so that our world can experience something they can experience no other way. That you, God has reserved in your life something he wants to demonstrate through you that in order for the world to get what they need, us releasing ourselves to his will and letting him work through us is top tier. So that they too can be able to let him demonstrate through them the same message and others can experience him on that level. Is this okay? And so it reads this way. One day in Matthew 5 and 1, Jesus saw a vast crowd of people gathered to hear him, so he went up to the slope of a hill, sat down with his followers and disciples spread over the hillside. Jesus began to teach them, What happiness comes to you when you feel your spiritual poverty? For yours is the realm of the kingdom of heaven. When you come to realize that you have some, that, that, that there's something that you need that you don't have, then great hope can come into your life. What delight comes to, the, to you when you wait upon the Lord, for you will find what you long for. What blessing comes to you when gentleness lives in you, for you will inherit the earth. How enriched you are when you crave righteousness, for you will be satisfied. When you desire to be who God says you are and you step in your identity, only then can you be satisfied. This is what it looks like here to carry the message. Verse 7, how blessed you are when you demonstrate tender mercy, for tender mercy will be demonstrated to you. What bliss you experience when you hear the, your, when your heart is pure, for then your eyes will be open to see more and more of God. How joyful you are when you make peace. For then you will be recognized as a true child of God. This is good, y'all, because there's some of us here today in this room that don't know how to make peace with some situations in your life. And you'll never be able to make peace until you let the kingdom of God come. 
how enriched you are when persecuted for doing what is right. For then you experience the realm of heaven's kingdom. How blessed you are when people insult and persecute you and speak all kinds of cruel lies about you because of your love for me. So leap for joy. When do we leap from joy? When everything looks down. It looks like we ain't going to make it. It looks like we're about to die. He says, leap for joy since your heavenly Father's reward is great, for you are being rejected the same way the prophets were before you. Your lives are like salt. When is your life like salt? When you can rejoice and when the chips are down. Anybody want to be the salt of the world? I don't know, Pastor. I mean, you ask me a question. I don't know how to say amen to that. And I'm not looking for an amen. But we want to believe that, man, I, I'm a believer. I believe in Jesus. I am the salt of the world. I am the light of the world. But Jesus is saying in order for us to be salty is when we reach that level of joy that our faces sit like flint. I mean, you can't change me. I'm going this way. I see the prize. I know there's all kind of stuff in the, on journey. It, it looks scary, man. It's like it's a trap passageway here. There's all kind of danger, but I see the prize. I got to have it. The salt, when it, when it has no flavor, is because there's no joy involved in the life. Is this catching? I think we're catching it. When the chips are down. So your lives are like salt among the people. But if you like salt become bland, how can your saltiness be restored? Flavorless salt is good for nothing and will be thrown out and trampled on by others. And if you don't have a witness, no saltiness. Your lights light up the world. For how can you hide a city that stands on a hill? And who can light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? Instead, it's a place where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. So don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others so that your, your commendable works will shine as light upon them and they will give their praise to your father in heaven would you like that person that bothers you the most at the job at work that really gets under your skin you think it's really the devil in flesh to praise your heavenly father in heaven would you like that to happen i just wonder what god's plan is for you as it relates to them coming to him is this okay the kingdom of heaven has arrived every time you get to the job right what now and a decision has to be made we're all making choices well lord i don't know maybe next week i'll i'll be salty but today i want to knock them out i mean lord i'm looking forward for them to see the light but I'm going to make sure they sleep a little while first. Are you tracking? And so there's a war going on. There's a wrestling match all the time in our relationship with him. So what are we supposed to do when, we, uh, when we're not feeling like <laughs> pleasing Jesus and serving others? Put on a mask? I'm talking to, this, this to my son, Nathan. He said, well, Dad... <laughs> That's a challenge, man. What do we do? Put a mask on till we're ready? Fake it till we make it? <laughs> Good question, huh? And so in our Christian world right now, 
majority of the people that I have counsel sessions with, which is pastoral sessions, that is, they wear masks. And they're weary and they're tired, they're beat up. The mask really don't work. The mask doesn't reveal anything but doubt, fear, and unbelief. But we got our Christian slogans, you know, God's good. How you doing today? I'm doing good. God's great. And, and we're wearing the mask. But the saltiness is not there. The illumination of the fact that, man, you've got something I don't have, it's not there. Just the mask. And so the kingdom of God has arrived. What now? So there's four things that I want to quickly bring across your attention that we just read. Break it down and make it simple. Bring it into our language today. That empower us to express, to demonstrate. Amen. When you, as a son and daughter of the Lord, walk into someone else's presence, the kingdom of God has arrived. And it's God's plan when you come into their life or into that business or into that room that you demonstrate mercy. Anybody need mercy? The Lord said in his message on the Sermon of the Mount that when you, amen, decide to let him come to his house as king of his kingdom, that the first thing that is demonstrated in my life when I'm with someone, there will be an expression and a demonstration of mercy to every person in my path. They may not deserve mercy from my logic, but Jesus, my daddy, wants to give them mercy. And he's asking me to please him by serving them. But this little lawyer that sits on my shoulder, that helps me with this lens I look through, is giving me all kind of Bible scriptures on why they don't deserve mercy right now. Giving me Bible studies on how that they don't deserve it today. Maybe one of these days, but first, they need to suffer a while. Because they've been mistreating me. They've been talking bad about me. This is okay. They've been hurting my feelings. They haven't respected me. And there's a list of things that, that will come in waves from the enemy to get us to see God's treasure from a different lens. And you know, Daddy has been good over the years. He's been working with my growth in him. And he's been putting up with a lot. But I'm encouraging you today. When you, as a son and daughter of the Lord, the first thing that happens, amen, as you host the presence of God, remember there's fullness of joy in the presence of the Lord, right? That means everybody, regardless if you think that they deserve it from your logic or not, mercy is what he wants to extend to them first. And mercy makes room for Jesus Amen, to have his way in every person in my path's life. And when mercy's there and I extend mercy, I receive mercy. And while I'm receiving mercy, giving and receiving mercy, guess what happens next? I see Jesus in everything, good or bad. Does anybody want to see Jesus in everything? You want to see his fingerprint when it's, dark and when it's light 
you want to see him at work. That way, when you have become merciful and you're receiving mercy, pressed down, shaking together, and running over in your basket, you get to see Jesus regardless if the storm is 150 miles an hour, amen, and the, and the surge is 50 feet tall. You see Jesus in every situation. That's attractive. Did you know that? When someone can, man, I don't know how in the world you're talking about how you see Jesus when what you're going through. I'm sitting here watching you. And when you can see Jesus in everything, then guess what else you become? A peacemaker. The Prince of Peace is king of his kingdom in your house. That means in every relationship, in every connection with anyone, regardless of how wrong it may look like, you're able to navigate it to peace in the Spirit. <sighs> Pastor, are you sure this can happen? That's why we, we've been talking about the message of the kingdom on the level. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. Absolutely. Regardless of what the challenge is in your life and my life, Jesus will meet us there, and we can see him in everything, and we can navigate with him to where he says, Peace be still. I love that because now when they're saying all matter of evil against you and, and they're trying to make you do things you don't want to do, amen, you rejoice in the Lord. Amen. Ah, man, pastor, how'd your week go? Great week, man. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I mean, he's been showing me this. I can tell you all the spooky stuff or I can tell you all the things I see the Lord doing. Amen? And if you, if you hang around with me close, you can see the storm going on, and you'll say, hey, man, well, how are you staying encouraged with all the stupid stuff going on? I'm glad you asked, because they wouldn't have asked had they not had some saltiness there. Come on, I'm talking to some of us right now. You're going through some things that's not fair, but because you keep your head up, you look to the hills from whence comes your help. Amen? You know that the Lord is your strength. Amen? You know that the presence of God is the source. That there's people that God has put in your path, amen, that's looking for light. But the only reason they hadn't asked yet is because they ain't seen enough rejoicing going on while you're going through thick and thin. But the moment they say to you when they know, man, the chips look down from my lens, but you seem to be happy. You seem to be excited. What's going on? That saltiness now showed up. There's value to that salt. It gets thirst going. It gets hunger. Amen. And, and, and it'll bring preservation. Amen. It'll keep things together. And they ask, what's going on? How do you do this? Glad you asked. Now you can be the light of the world. That's when the message of the kingdom really gets through. And once the message of the kingdom gets through, this is so important because Paul and Silas, they're in a jail cell. They've been beat. They're in stocks and buns, ladies and gentlemen. Ain't nothing fair about what they've been going through. And they said, you know what? <sighs> it's time to rejoice. It's time, amen, to acknowledge the fact of why we're here because God's doing something. We don't want to miss it pouting. We don't want to miss it belly aching. We want to stay on point. They begin to sing together. And all the, 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 
the, the prisoners and the jailer are paying attention, listening. And I know that jailer, he ain't got eyes to see with and ears to hear with yet. But Paul and Silas are getting saltier and saltier. <sighs> and all of a sudden, amen, the place starts to shake. And now the jailer is at a place because he's fearing the fact that the prisoners are going to get away because the locks were loose, the doors were opened. And he's taking his sword because it's no, he knows he's going to die at the hand of Caesar if he don't take his own life. And Paul says, don't do it. Every one of us are here. Everyone's where they belong. We're here to show you something. Was that jailer ready to hear the message of the kingdom? And because Paul and Silas could rejoice when it wasn't fair, they come to do nothing but good, and they get evil in return. And yet they chose not to let their spirit be taken down. They went up with it, and they rejoiced. Has anybody been beaten, putting stocks and buns in prison lately? Not physically, but I can tell you I'm watching several be beaten, put in stocks and buns spiritually. I'm watching relationships be beat up, be put in stocks and buns. And the Lord's telling me to encourage you today. It looks like you're supposed to be sad, down and out, sucking your thumb, complaining, and you have right to do that. And the Lord says, oh, no. After what I did for them, they only have been given the opportunity to rejoice. And when all that you've done, amen, in the middle of the stupid going on, rejoice. And again, I say, rejoice. The Lord is at hand. Right now, our community is looking for light. Anybody read the Fox's Book of Mortars? Nope. All right. If you do, you better be, get yourself ready. Because there's been some stuff going on in history that's not cool. And there's stuff going on right now in history that's not cool. But during Paul's day, his, he was beheaded. Peter was crucified upside down. John was thrown in a vat of oil and boiled alive. He got out. Then he was put on the Isle of Patmos. And he, there was, he was supposed to die there. But I read something here in the Scriptures, ladies and gentlemen, that was very, very challenging. And it reads this way in Hebrews eleven thirty-seven. Because we're talking about something that's very important here. Remember, in his presence, there's fullness of joy. It says in verse 37, some of these faith champions were brutally killed by stoning, being sawn into two and slaughtered by the sword. Truly, the world was not even worthy of them, not realizing who they were, these were the true heroes, verse 39. These were the true heroes commended for their faith, yet they lived in hope without receiving the fullness of what 
was promised to them. He's talking about those before Christ came. They just lived in faith. And they hadn't received the promise. But you received the promise with the Spirit baptism. But now God, verse 40, has invited us to live in something better than what they had, faith's fullness. This is so that they could be brought to finish perfection alongside us. Now, I just have to tell you all, ladies and gentlemen, 2021, it's kind of convicting to me knowing that what, was happen what happened when, when Paul was beheaded and Peter was crucified up and down and the, the saints then, the Nero, was feeding them to the lions. And in the Fox's Book of Mortis, they have this documented. I mean, they had pretty good records. He was angered when he would drive up in his chariot to look at the slaughter that on their faces were smiles and expressions of peace as though something else was going on that he couldn't see. Pastor Lowe, are you sure that's a good message for us today? On It's the only message. There is no other message, ladies and gentlemen. The kingdom of heaven has arrived. What now? Paul and Silas? I'm pretty sure the jailer was involved in the process of them getting their beating. Pretty sure the jailer was involved in the process of them being treated unfairly for something that they came to do was to serve the city and help everybody. And now Paul and Silas is being taken by the jailer to his home and there the message of the kingdom is being preached. And his whole family was baptized. His whole family received the Spirit. The question I would like to ask Paul today, would you do it again? And I get this strong unction that says, do it again. For what I received, nothing can be compared there's no beating there's no cruel treatment there's no pressure there's no challenge there's no storm there's no tribulation that matches what I got in return the Lord's encouraging me to let you know in his presence there's fullness some of you have a level of joy that's cool that's good I'm glad you got it but the reason you're still fearing some of the potential things going on in our world right now is because you ain't at the level of joy that you need. Got that much? He wants to give you that much today. And this thing don't stop. From one experience of joy to the next experience of joy as by the Spirit of the Lord. Something bothering you? You got a relationship that's kind of challenging right now? Well, I need to fix it. No, 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 no. You don't need to fix it. What you need is to please God and serve those in your path and let him give you joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. 
I preached the message just then in just one sentence. The joy of the Lord is, our, is what makes you salty. It's what makes you the platform by which the message of the kingdom can get through so that light can push the darkness back because the darkness comprehends it not. This message hadn't changed, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. And the presence of God is in this room right now for you to experience on the next level. Let me, let me say it like this. The pressure in our world ain't getting better. And I'm not a doom, despair, agony, defeat preacher. I, I'm not into that. I'm into the kingdom of God. So doom and despair and all the trouble going on, I'm not here predicting all kind of negative, but I'm predicting the kingdom's coming in a greater level than it's ever coming. It's going to need some kind of pressure in order to come. For Jesus to do what he needs to do, there's got to be some more, dude, I don't know what to do this. I'm, that's, the storm had to get to a place in the disciples' lives to where they were actually screaming at Jesus. And some of you may be screaming at him at a decimal that's ridiculous here before long so that he can give you what you need. Fullness of bread and idleness of heart isn't good for any of us. It's the reason that Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. Not because of the fruit of all the perversion. That wasn't the reason. Everybody thinks, man, Sodom and Gomorrah went down because of their perversions. and all. Nuh-uh. Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed because of fullness of bread and idleness of heart. Us having a big fat bank account and having a bunch of land and <sighs> riches isn't good for us now if you have it thank you Jesus I pray that you're wise enough and spiritual enough to handle it because you might get perverted you might produce some things you shouldn't produce because fullness of bread and idleness of heart so trouble has always been a top-tier factor in the kingdom coming and Jesus being Lord and us being able to please him while serving others pray that the blessings of the Lord that's on you that you know how to serve with it instead of let it get a hold of you amen and tear down the image of the spirit that God wants to de depict to the world so the kingdom of God has arrived what now every one of you has to answer that question where you're at because every one of us are at different places on our journey and you've been feeling the presence of God for the last several weeks here on a level that it's like breathtaking how God's coming in the room and you don't know what to really do with it and that's okay he wants you to understand that he's your daddy. And in his presence, he's going to blow your mind. And there ain't nothing in this world that can compare to what he's about to blow your mind with in the spirit. And I know that your God DNA, every one of you understand what I just said. And you need that to happen. And he's available right now for you to answer the question.
what now? Let's get, let's get ready, y'all. There's a harvest. Let's get ready, y'all. There's people that you love that's in your path that God put there. And there's more people coming into your path. He didn't tell you to go save the world. He told you to please him and serve them he puts in your path. Let's get ready, y'all. It's not about the trouble. It's about the king of king coming in power, in demonstration, in glory. Do you want your daddy to get his glory? Let's let him answer the question, what now? Really don't matter, does it? Whatever, Lord, I'm all in. Here I am, Lord, use me. Let's do this. How do you do that, Pastor? <laughs> I like my old saying, get under the spout where the glory falls out. In his presence, you can dance with him. There's fullness of joy. And all hell be breaking loose out around you. And you just having fun with daddy. Anybody sense that right now? Does it really matter what anybody thinks? You're not here to please people. We're here to please him. If I'm still concerned about what the next person thinks about what's going on between me and daddy, I put more value on them than I do him. Let's put value back where it belongs. In his presence. Thank you, Father, for your word today. <laughs> I had no idea that you were going to take six weekends to talk about the message of the kingdom. But I've come to grips with the fact that there is no other message. You have no other objective. It's simple and it's light and even a child would not err from this lord thank you in advance for coming and making this thing easy for everyone to receive it's just you and each one of us in your throne room right now Thank you, Daddy, for the big hugs you know how to give, as only you can give. And in our world right now that's messed up and all the confusion and the turmoil, only you can bring comfort like we feel in the room right now. Only you can bring the peace that you've got it. And you've always been in charge. Let that knowing come on a new level to every heart here right now, Lord. Y'all feel the wind blowing? Let the wind blow. Receive. Receive it. Just you and Jesus. Yes, thank you for being here. You need to go. You can leave. But amen. We want to just spend some time in the presence of our Father. We're answering a question that needs to be answered. Are we getting the answer? Daddy, what's next? I'm with you. I'm all in. Just you and Jesus right now. God bless you.